Hi, everybody. Welcome to our radio show today. I'm glad to be with you on a nice spring into sunny summer day here in northern Nevada. We're talking about real estate and real estate for professionals. Just recently, I was out on a great tour with our creative producer in the studio, Taylor Blake. We were out and about riding around with the top man in real estate, Nevada Home Connections, Dan Ryder. He's the broker and owner. We were out on a tour of some of the very cool neighborhoods here in northern Nevada. Dan is really a great person to know because he's a lifelong resident of northern Nevada. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, I recommend you talk with him. Dan Ryder, he's the broker and the owner of Nevada Home Connections. You can find them on the web at NV Home homeconnections.com and we'll be talking more about Dan and our tour with him later in the show. Recently we had a guest talking about a big event coming up here in Northern Nevada. We were talking about the Reno Blues Society 25th anniversary dance party which is coming up fast August 4th at the Ramada Inn here in Northern Nevada blues music. It's one of my favorite genres and you know it's at the root of much of the music that we hear even today in 2018. Well, we're going to find out more about where that music came from later on the show because our guest is Jamie Clund. He's the president of the Reno Blues Society. And joining him is our special guest as well, Karen Gedney. She's Dr. Karen Gedney, and she recently wrote a fantastic book called 30 Years Behind Bars. We're going to talk to her because she's an expert with what goes on behind bars and the music that comes out of some bars. I'm not talking about bars that are open just for 21-year-olds. No, I'm talking about behind bars. We're going to learn about that and more here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. You're listening to me, Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm glad to be chatting with you today. We're helping people get great deals when it comes to time to buy or sell a home. A seller needs one very important thing to sell a home. That's a buyer. And how does a buyer get themselves in the position to be a great buyer? They get pre-approved for a mortgage at Summit Funding. Lou Carr is the branch manager, and I recommend you talk to Lou if you have any interest in purchasing a home in the near future. You want to make sure that your finances and your accounting that's going to be asked for in the mortgage process is all in line and tuned up. Lucar can help you make that happen and then help you get a great deal on a mortgage so your loan can close efficiently, quickly, and get great deals on the interest rates that are available today. They're moving up next year, so you better get on the stick today. Call Lucar at Summit Funding. You can reach him at 775-626-0775. Tell him Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, I have two outstanding guests. Dr. Karen Gedney is with us. She's the recent, uh, well, she's not recent, 30 years behind bars. She was recently not released, but she recently left the prison. She was the prison doctor, and we're going to be talking about her book, 30 Years Behind Bars. Welcome to our show, Dr. G. Thank you, Peter, for inviting me. How are you doing on this lovely spring to summer day? Are you tolerating the heat pretty well? I love the heat. Yeah. I was made to live in very hot, arid climates. Mm-hmm. And there was heat in your work 30 years behind bars. I mean, that's an amazing story. We've talked with you before on our show. I know you've been on a couple of other broadcasts. You've been on the Sherry Hill Show talking about your book. But this is a fantastic uh, piece of literature. I, I think I read it in about two and a half days. And 
total hours, maybe four hours. Uh, I got the time in there, but it, once I started reading it, I really couldn't get my uh, get my thoughts off of this book. Um, good response so far from people that you've talked to? Yes, I find that if people actually pick it up and read it, many times they come up to me and they say, God, Karen, I had a hard time putting it down. Yeah, I tell people it was like watching a movie in my head. It really was. It was really fascinating. Lots of interesting characters in the the book. And you talk about each one in great detail. Music, I know, plays an important part in everybody's lives, whether you're on this side of the bar or the outside of the bar. So today, I'm going to have you chat with us a little bit about influences of music in, in and from the prison world with our other guests in the studio. Welcome Jamie Clun, president of the Reno Blues Society. Thanks, Peter, for having us. Sure, I enjoy being here with the doctor here. Here in about 30 years in prison. Was that the book signing, actually, that you, you guys so uh, graciously hosted here? Yeah. That beautiful resort. So uh, And it was good that you could join us there that evening. It was, uh, it was an interesting crowd that you have for a book release party, uh, elegant in some ways and earthy in others. We saw a couple of political candidates there, too, at that time of the year, you know. But it was really a great little event, and I enjoyed uh, hearing what people had to say about the book, 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. Uh, Jamie, you're a music aficionado as the president of the Reno Blues Society. Uh, tell, tell us, tell our listeners what you know about the origins of blues and its relationship with the prison world, let's say. Well, I guess I wouldn't call myself a historian, but I, I certainly am a, a, a music lover and, and really most genres, but especially the blues. And, you know, the blues is really... You know, there's a little bit of discussion about what came first, blues or jazz, but really, it, it you know, it, it it came about early in the 19th, uh, early in the 20th century, early 19, very early 1900s, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of came from African-American experience and, you know, of the trials and tribulations that they had, mm-hmm. which were severe at that time. And, you know, you know, they weren't exactly slaves, but they weren't exactly free either, you know, mm-hmm. living on plantations and working basically for nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those, you know, the, the, the old blues and, and, and gospel and just kind of the call and response mm-hmm. and just talking about their, you know, their troubles, mm-hmm. you know, which were, were many. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be troubles with, you know, the family, with money, with, uh, you know, just their, their, their plight in life. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah, that certainly that, that that translated into the you know the, the prison world. You know the Johnny Cash, of course, he was probably the most famous musician that that went in and, and played within a prison. You know Folsom Prison Blues came out mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know before you know uh, Jailhouse Rock, I guess was uh, you know a big big song by. Elvis Presley and, and rock and roll, but really rock and roll, you know, blues had a baby and they called it rock and roll. So early mm-hmm. rock and roll basically was was rhythm and blues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there's a, a song that really had, a, even though it was fictional, but it took place in a, in a prison. It's all about the roots of music and much of music, uh, like you say, Jamie, jazz, rock and roll, probably in some country, um, gospel, of course, and then you've got um, folk songs. Blues is really at the root of it. Dr. Karen Gedney is with us, and she recently put out a book, 30 Years Behind Bars. Dr. G, we've been talking about blues music. I mean, uh, tell us what your thoughts are when it comes to blues and 30 Years Behind Bars. Where's where's their connection there? Well, there's a couple of interesting connections for me. One of the things that I found out being in the prison world is that the most famous jazz bands uh, of the century were bands that were never really heard because they occurred at the narco 
Farm, which was a prison in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Started in 1935 and was really oriented, it was an experiment, went from 1935 to 72, where not only did they put people in prison, but they decided this huge facility, if people needed help with drugs, mm-hmm. they would all be sent to that facility, everyone in the United States. Really? Yes, very interesting sort of experiment for the U.S., very famous, the narco farm. Narco. And what happened was that there were many individuals in the jazz world who had issues with their drug use, and many times they would be placed in there, or they actually signed themselves in to get dry to then ultimately go back and performing. And they have a long list of famous jazz people that I'm actually not historically that aware of. But what happened, they were so famous that even they performed on the Johnny Carson show in 1964. And according to Wikipedia, the the tapes were accidentally erased, so Mm. they don't have them. But there's a uh, book called The Narcotic Farm that they did a documentary on where they show all the pictures of all these famous jazz people. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I found interesting for myself in my own prison, we had a unique program called True Grit, which was for seniors. Mm -hmm. And the psychologist, Mary Harrison, uh, got musical instruments donated through something called the the, the Jail Guitar Doors Initiative. Now, this was for senior inmates, correct? This is for the senior inmates. And imagine you have these old guys, many of who were involved in music, you know, music, drugs. Here they're old and they're at risk in prisons. They put them in this program called True Grit. And one of the things the psychologist realized, wow, there are a lot of musicians here. They had the instruments donated through that initiative and they had probably four different bands of these old guys playing music. Like the boo-wop, boo-wop was the word. Uh, doo-wop. Boo, doo-wop. Oh, wow. <laughs> the doo-wop yes. group, yeah. the western group, the rock Maybe group. they're imitating the pips. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they had all these different groups. It, it was uh, very interesting. When you think about it, when you're in prison, I mean, what do you have a lot of time? You have, you have a have lot time. of time. And so if you, I mean, I wonder how many people have learned how to play a musical instrument in prison because my challenge, I've been trying to learn how to play the guitar for the last uh, 55 years of my life and I'm still trying to learn like I was in seventh grade but I just don't seem to have the time really to dedicate to that and I would imagine to Dr. G that music in whatever form is relaxing and soothing to a lot of the inmates I would think it's something that they they can take their mind off their worries about absolutely and one of the other music things that's unique to the prison is recently there's something called the notable group oh yes right and uh, they've come into the prison and helped inmates not only perform but make little uh, music together we're going to talk about them. I think I know the Notables very well. In fact, we're going to talk about them and more with our in-studio guests, Dr. Karen Gedney, author of 30 Years Behind Bars, and Jamie Clund, president of Reno Blues Society. We'll be right back. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery, 
Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. Hi, I'm Chris from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Cindy from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Jody from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Now is the time of year when insects, pests, and rodents are the most active and they want to get inside of your home. Stop those critters and bugs from coming into your home. Call us here at Truckee Meadows Pest Control, 332-0604. Or visit tmpestcontrol.com. TM Pest, we are licensed and insured in Nevada. Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Control Control is is what what it's it's all about. about. Trucky Meadows Pest Control is locally owned and operated. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today, enjoying conversation with in-studio guests about real estate in northern Nevada and great happenings in northern Nevada, too. One of the happenings that people don't like to hear about is ants. That's A-N-T-S. Ants. Big ants. Army ants. Grease ants. Those tiny, tiny little ants. They're bothering a lot of people right now here in northern Nevada because we've had a lot of moisture and if you have plants growing up right next to your house, the chances are real good to answer right below the dirt line, and they're living right below those plants, real close to your home, easy access, in and out. Now, how do I know that? I talk to the experts at Truckee Meadows Pest Control. It controls what it's all about. They know that you can't get rid of those bugs forever. They have to just be kind of moved, encouraged to go elsewhere. Truckee Meadows Pest Control, well, they use the best products they can so that they can take care of the good bugs and the good plants and your pets too. You got to call Truckee Meadows Pest Control. If you have a pest or bug problem in or around your home, give them a call. Here in Northern Nevada, call 332-0604. Tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, I have Jamie Clunt. Jamie is the president of the Reno Blues Society and also Dr. Karen Gedney. She's Dr. G, as she was known behind bars when she was 30 years behind bars. Trials of a Prison Doctor. That's the name of her book. Glad you're both with us today. Dr. G, you were talking with us about... Oh, you know, the narcotics farm and the things that were going on there is very interesting that that was a 37-year test, essentially, right? Basically, By the U.S. Yes. government. Uh, kind of interesting when I read the uh, the little uh, uh, primer that we have on the, on the surface. It sounds like it had a lot of good qualities about it, too. Uh, but it all ended in uh, 1973. It was all over. Uh, Jamie Clund is with us. Jamie is with the Reno Blue Society. Jamie, during the break, you sometimes were, we, we sometimes have the best conversations. You were asking Dr. G a question about the U.S. Narcotics Forum. Please continue with that so our listeners can share in. Well, it, interesting. I didn't know all the history that, that it was a place where they, people from all over the country that had drug problems, that that's where they put them. And that many of those inmates were musicians, M- many of them jazz at that at that time. But I'm, I'm sure there were other genres, other musicians too. And I guess my question for the doctor was, why do you think drug use was so prevalent uh, among musicians, especially in that time frame? Well, I think that uh, drug use in musicians is probably prevalent in a lot of different time frames, but especially then when you consider that um, 1920s prohibition. So here you have the issue with alcohol, and anytime you prohibit substances that at one time were legal, you uh, create a whole different criminal, you know, crime syndicate because of profit. But when I look at especially 
meet musicians who play things like jazz and blues, they tend to play them in clubs. And in clubs, what's going on? Drinking. But in the prohibition times, that, that's a bit of a dilemma. And so what do you turn to instead? And of course, marijuana was very common. In fact, it was really legal until um, the, you know, the Narcotic Act came in, into gear, the Harrison Narcotic Act, and that was back in 1914, but it had been legal up until then. And it was also fairly cheap, right? Could be grown. And I think artists, and especially artists that are on the forefront of new music, they more than anything love to expand their creativity. And any drug that can disinhibit, but also give them the perception that they're more creative or see things that usually don't go together, go together, that would be appealing to them. And many artists, they don't like to be confined by the rules of society. And many artists many times are, I would consider a little bit, uh, some revolutionary mm -hmm. in that they want to get their message across in a different way. And you're looking at a different type of personality. And I think that's why many artists are at risk for drug use as well as mental illness because you know, they like to expand that brain. You know, I think another part of it too maybe is they love that high of performing. And, you know, it's, it's very uh, intoxicating, you know, if you're, right. you're a performer. And then, you know, so now after your performance, you know, you're at this high, of course, and now it's over. So how do you maintain that? And so some of them maybe would take a drug to come off of that high and then, oh, geez, you know, now I, you know, now what do I do? Before? I've got another couple of days before I perform. And so they take another drug to, to get that high again, you know, to mm -hmm. get that great feeling. So Yeah, intoxication can be uh, generated even without drugs. And it's, you know, some people, who are uh, long distance runners. I was a long distance runner in high school and college and I know I was intoxicated after running two miles. I mean, it could hardly even walk. But there was a feeling about the winning of that race or just being able to complete it. Uh, gamblers have the same kind of kind of issue. They get a high, right, when they when they hit the big the big pot and then they keep going and going and going. The good news about music when you're, you have somebody who's working to get toward that high, if you will, a lot of people can enjoy that and they can reap the benefit of what that individual is doing. That's what I love about music, Jamie and Karen, is that when you are interacting with a musician who is great at their craft, it, they're not only doing it for themselves, but they're doing it for everybody that they are exposed to. And that's what I love about it. It's amazing that we could get incredible sounds that originated from behind bars. So much so, in fact, that some performers even decided they would perform in the prison, that they wanted that feeling as well. Dr. G, did you have a, ever have any musicians come into uh, into your world when you were the doctor uh, for 30 years? No one that was really famous that I remember. But, uh, of course, Jamie had talked about Johnny Cash mm -hmm. going into the Tennessee prison basically in 1974. And, uh, and that they recorded a whole sort of concert mm -hmm. behind mm -hmm. prison walls. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there had to have been a compassion factor, right? That why would he do this? Uh, you, you can get publicity in so many ways. To go in and perform for prison inmates. I mean, Johnny Cash had to have a special feeling for those people. Well, you know, he, what, funny thing about Johnny Cash, you know, he, of course, he's a, a, a country artist, but really spanned, you know, many genres. Oh and of my. course, he came up through Sun Records, which was the, 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 at that time in the early 50s, they were doing what they called race records, a lot of, mm. you know, and, 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 and then Rockabilly, because they had the, you know, Elvis Presley recorded there, mm -hmm. Carl Perkins, many, many famous mm -hmm. uh, musicians that went on to, to great careers after that. So, mm -hmm. um, but one thing about Johnny Cash, he, he, he always wore black and he did that because he, 
he was always he, he wanted to be there for the downtrodden. Mm -hmm. Certainly, those those who are in prison are about the most downtrodden of mm -hmm. of, of all of us. So. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of an interesting thing about, about Johnny. So, And a lot of the prisoners that are probably still incarcerated today, Dr. G, you're the expert on this, they were probably in there, like we talked about earlier, for drug offenses and for things that today uh, don't have quite the uh, the slap on the hand, if you will, the, the, the prison time. I mean, what has changed in, in the laws as far as the kind of prisoners that are going into prisons and out of prisons, Dr. G? Is it still a lot of drug-related Crime? There's a lot of drug-related crime, but the thing that really caused mass incarceration where <clears throat> we literally quintupled mm -hmm. our prison population was the war on drugs mm -hmm. that really came when Reagan was in power. Mm -hmm. And the sentencing that predominantly changed for possession of mm -hmm. drugs. You're talking about Nancy Reagan when she was in power and don't just say no, the just say no campaign. I remember that. Right, yeah, but the biggest thing was the legal issues regarding powdered cocaine mm -hmm. versus crack, where the difference in powdered cocaine, far less time in prison mm -hmm. for crack, a similar amount, mm -hmm. just extraordinary amounts of time, mm -hmm. because that differentiated which racial group you put behind prison bars. Well, wow, wow. Right. In fact, supposedly, uh, the people with uh, also where it really started with Nixon mm -hmm. going after the drugs was partly the fear of the Vietnam vets coming back mm -hmm. drug addled, mm -hmm. but also to go after the counterculture who was using drugs that opposed the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And also you have the racial issues as well mm -hmm. in the counterculture. Mm -hmm. So you could wipe out both wow. with the heavy drug laws. Yeah. So the challenges uh, within the prison world um, have it led to some great music coming from blues musicians of the past, but it's probably held up some people from doing some great work too because of their running with the law. I mean, when you've got a gig going or you got a band going, or you got gigs that are are being planned with you uh, as a performer uh, at whatever level, and then suddenly you're in prison for a drug offense or for whatever offense, uh, it changes your life dramatically. Uh, you have some really interesting characters in your book, 30 Years Behind Bars. And Dr. G, when we come back from this break, I want to talk about some of the characters that were in that book because I believe no matter where you are in this world, the people that you are around can shape your life for the future. Dr. Karen Gedney and Jamie Clund with us in the studio. We'll be right back. SunTech Solar Screening uses Pfeiffer screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening. Hi, I'm Chris from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Cindy from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. I'm Jody from Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Now is the time of year when insects, pests, and rodents are the most active and they want to get inside of your home. Stop those critters and bugs from coming into your home. Call us here at Truckee Meadows Pest Control, 332-0604. Or visit tmpestcontrol.com. TM Pest, we are licensed and insured in Nevada. Truckee Meadows Pest Control. Control, Control is, is what, what it's all about. about. Truckee Meadows Pest Control is locally owned and operated. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery. 
Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction, Jackson. He's the best. Man, I am getting hotter and hotter every single day. But, you know, I love summer and I love working outdoors. But when I come inside, I want to cool off. Well, sometimes we can't cool off in certain rooms, you know, because the heat, the sun is glaring right through those windows. Yeah, I used to have that problem at my house, but not since I installed SunTech Solar Screening. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be amazed just what a little screen can do when it's the right kind of screen. SunTech Solar Screens uses Pfeiffer screening products. These are not like any other screen. These screens are incredible. They're like from the future, space age, call them what you will. They do an incredible job. They cut about 90% of the heat coming through the glass because it doesn't get to the glass. The sunscreens are on the outside of the glass. So it stops the heat before it comes in, but you know, you still get sunlight coming in. In fact, you can see out from your home with SunTech solar screens, but people outside walking down the street, driving by, they can't see it. It's like SunTech solar screens are sunglasses for your home. Think about that. You'll love them. Check out all the details at solarscreensofreno.com. They've got a special offer for you today. Let Daryl Carr know. He's the owner of SunTech Solar Screening that Peter sent you. With me in the studio today on Nevada Real Estate Radio, I have Dr. Karen Gedney. She's the author of a new book that was released recently, 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. And joining us too, Jamie Clunt. He's the president of the Reno Blues Society. You're a happy group over there at the Reno Blues Society, aren't you, Jamie? We are. You know, we're getting ready for our 25th anniversary, believe it or not. We got a big show August 4th. Mm-hmm. Roy Rogers and the Delta Rhythm Kings coming to the Ramada Inn. Yeah. Saturday, August 4th. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show. Oh, yeah. You know, I have been listening to more and more of Roy Rogers' blues music. Now, I, I don't want some of the older folks like myself to get the Roy Rogers I'm talking about confused with the Roy Rogers of Day 11's era. This is a younger Roy Rogers who was actually named after the country and western uh, celebrity Roy Rogers, Ralph Roy Rogers and Day 11's, but this Roy Rogers, he is an outstanding guitarist, slide guitarist. I believe he plays the harmonica too, Jamie, is that right? Uh I don't know that he plays the harmonica. He used to play with a harmonica player, Norton Buffalo, but uh-huh. uh, he, but he's a, a slide guitarist virtuoso. And, oh, he you know, totally he's is. He's been doing it for a, for a long time. In fact, this band has been uh, together since 1980, but he's been playing. He's in his 60s, so it's not like he's 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 an upstart. You know, he's a very seasoned musician and uh, very danceable music. You know, oh, yeah. real upbeat and just just lots of fun. I call it boogie woogie. Yeah. kind of music it really is and it's just some fun fun stuff i least listened recently to the roy rogers cd and record collection called slide winder uh it was awesome but i recently got a hold of another roy rogers cd called side winders you know kind of like side side winder man this guy he is incredible i encourage you to check out his music roy rogers blues music you can find it all over the world but he's going to be here live and in person August 4th at the Ramada Inn. It's the Reno Blues Society 25th anniversary celebration, party, dance party. You talk, you want to dance. This is going to be a great way to dance. It is. And just one other thing I'm going to, I'll add about that. We've got uh, tickets are on sale now. They're, we've got them at Recycled Records and The Melting Pot, which are both in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Hippies Piping Incense over on Victorian Avenue in Sparks. And The Bead Store on South Carson Street in Carson City. So those are $25 advance, 30 at the door. We're looking for a great, uh, great crowd and great celebration of 25 years of promoting blues music here in northern Nevada. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a great event. I've been to a number of 
events from the Reno Blues Society. In fact, you had recently had your spring dance. That was a ton of fun. And uh, it seems like you guys have events going on all year. Is it is, is that what it is? Does it just seem like it, or do you actually have events going on all year? <laughs> well, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do a lot of different things. We do. Uh, uh, we, we used to do a Veterans Day dance, and now we switch it to a Halloween dance, and people can dress up in the costume of their choice. We have a lot of fun, and that's a fundraiser for veterans causes. I like the Invisible Man. That's who I like to go as. <laughs> Yeah, and we do a Mardi Gras uh, dance party, and Mardi Gras, of course, that date changes every year, but we always do it uh, uh, the Saturday before Fat Tuesday, basically, and so that'll be coming up. That'll be actually be in March, early March next year, but that's uh, we do that. Uh, we do a silent auction for that, and that's a fundraiser for our music scholarship program so that we can mm. help uh, young students you know, with a new instrument or lessons or whatever it is that they need to try to further their music education and maybe even a music career. So, so that's that's an interesting aspect of what the Reno Blues Society does. You help young musicians. That now, the, are these young musicians that are struggling to buy an instrument, or maybe struggling to get lessons? I mean, and how do you determine who's going to? Well, be the you know, we've a couple of different ways. You know, we work with the Washoe County School District and with the music supervisor there, Julie Neal, and try to identify students that might have that need. And mm-hmm. ideally, we'd like to like them to be a blues musician, but we can't yeah. uh, control that if they happen to be a classical musician or a jazz, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to help. We're going to help him or her out. So uh, we do it that way. And sometimes we have members that know of a, uh, a kid that maybe is disadvantaged or needs a little help, and so we help them that way. Hey, what about an old guy like me that could sure use some help learning to play the guitars? You know, you're kind of on your own. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. That's what everybody has told <laughs> no, me for the past sixteen. You know, you know what? If, if, if somebody came with, you know, <laughs> you know, that's a good question. You know, we, we, you know, we're trying to help that next generation of folks. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's right. Maybe there is someone that. Uh, mm-hmm someone older that we could help. I guess yeah. we'd be open to that. You know, Jamie, I hear about more and more people who, upon retirement, they decide to start playing an instrument. I know a lady who retired at 65 years old. She decided she wanted to learn how to play the stand-up bass. Another lady uh, decided to learn how to play the piano. Both of them can play. It's really fun to, to visit with them. Um, are, are, do you find that people who are seniors are wanting to to do that, or are these just some, some odd friends and acquaintances of mine? I don't think that's odd. You know, uh, uh, I think there are a lot of, you know, people are living longer now and, uh, you know, they're kind of looking for what's that next chapter in life. And, you know, and even though you might retire from your career, your job Mm -hmm. or jobs, whatever you were doing, that, that, you know, there's more to do out there. And so some people want to do that by volunteering. Some people want to work part time. Some people want to pick up a new Mm -hmm. hobby, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. You know, you need to fill that time some way, somehow. So certainly learning a musical instrument would be a great way to spend some of that time. You're right. You're right. I was recently at home listening to some of the Roy Rogers collection that I'm acquiring now and enjoying and and my fiance Sherry she has a lot of small instruments they're like for kids you know even you're seeing a in a classroom of kids, and one of those things is a triangle. I picked up a triangle, and I think I was playing that triangle pretty well, Jamie. Maybe I do have another instrument that I've learned now. Yeah, that, that's right, yeah. yeah. And you mastered that in, in maybe a morning or so? About three minutes is yeah. what it took me. Talking with Dr. G, too. Dr. G is the author of 30 Years Behind Bars. Trials of a Prison Doctor. Dr. G, I know you said that uh, you didn't see any significant or uh, highly famous people come in to perform at the jail, uh, at the prison when you worked there for those 30 years, but I was just looking at my list here of some of the albums that have been recorded across the country, Uh, some of them. One of them was by B.B. King, uh, Cook County Jail in 1971. He brought a seven-piece group into Chicago's Cook County Jail to pair with his definitive Live at the Regal Band uh, after uh, after booze from a lot of the cops, the policemen, the guards, the prisoners, 
uh, he started um, playing Lucille and other solo solos, and before long, you know, um, I'm sure that they were in a whole different rock and roll and blues mood. Um, and B.B. King was at that time 40 years old. Uh, we talked about um, Johnny Cash. He performed uh, at a number of prisons, uh, and I think out of compassion, but it did make for good uh, creative. Uh, Janis Joplin also performed in 1975. Um, Big Mama Thornton's Ball and Chain was performed there. And, you know, it's really amazing that in music many times there's a lot of compassion for people that are struggling because a lot of musicians, well, they, they learn their craft because of the struggle. But for the average person, they don't really know that there is that struggle going on. Uh, maybe they hear about it on programs about music, but Dr. G, your, your book really opens up a lot of the things that are happening in the world today, even though you've retired from the prison. I mean, when I look at the characters, in fact, that you describe in the book with great detail, every one of them had like a life in a different universe. And I, I just, I, I personally struggle to think how, how you could have done it. How did you do it? I mean, what, what was it about those 30 years that kept you coming back every day that made you want to go back and, and be in that life in your behind bars with your prisoners, but uh, you get to come out at night still? How'd you do it? I think for me, there's a, a number of different reasons. One, I was actually placed there by the federal government. It wasn't something I just decided to do. Wasn't everybody that's in the prison placed there by the federal government? No, no, no. <laughs> Most people who decide to work for the prison look at it as a job uh -huh. in terms of custody officers or administrators and medical people. Yeah. But I was placed there by the federal government, the National Health Service Corps, because Nevada at that time had been under lawsuits and they needed to get a doctor in. So I came in totally naive and totally unaware and also, I think, blissfully ignorant of anything to do with prisons because I didn't have any preconceived notions. And when I was thrown in, I found it a unbelievably fascinating microcosm of the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm. And my position was really medical, and I was oriented to heal and figure out things. And in a microcosm, you can't get a better environment for trying to figure out what's going on in people who do acts that most people find uh, have issues with socially. Mm -hmm. But also you find so many individuals who are psychologically and emotionally and sexually and everything broken, mm -hmm. and they end up in that place. And I had always wanted to take care of disadvantaged, and it just never actually occurred to me when I was growing up that I would find them all behind prison bars. Uh, basically, they're broken people. I mean, how do you end up in prison without being broken in some way. Um, it, it's just you know, damaged goods is what you've got, and they're all the misfits sometimes I think about. Uh, is that a good, a good way to look well, at it? Well, there's that, and there are always people that don't play by the rules, uh -huh. and uh, whether you consider that damaged or not is a different matter. But yeah. if they don't feel they're part of the system and they have no allegiance to it and they have no empathy for others, those people can be very dangerous and can be people who sit in hedge funds or who knows where they're sitting. I they like, can be dangerous. Yeah, I love the book because of all the different characters that you talk about within the book, and, and they kind of come to life as I read the book. Um, but a lot of what I get is from this, this, this descriptive sketching that I see throughout the book. Would you let our listeners know 
about the sketches and how they came to be? Every chapter has a piece of artwork, and that artwork is actually done by a inmate who's now in the outside world, Ismail Santianis. And he was one of the one of the best, I think, creative artists, poets, writers that probably the prison had. And he was someone who came in very young and never knew he really had any of those talents until he came into the prison. Mm. I, I really especially like what I'm looking at here on um, uh, Chapter 10, To Execute or Not Execute. There's a really cool sketch there of an outlaid hand with the, with the, f- the feather. And then in the next on the next chapter, uh, Chapter 11, Poems, Prose, and Other Living Things, there's this eagle coming in, and uh, and there's text. His, his, um, his wings are all about, they're all written in text. Uh, I don't want to give away a lot of the book because it's so interesting, this book, and it's got a lot of crescendos, several crescendos at minimum, but I see a lot of high points in this book because... I have never been in prison, Dr. G. I sometimes have felt within the confines of my own world that I've had a life in prison in a way. Some people are in prison mentally. Uh, the book is great at helping me realize some of the things that maybe have been holding me back, uh, but also pointing out some things that I've been grateful that I've held back on. You know, yes. A lot of us think about doing things sometimes in, in a moment of passion or rage or whatever the motivation is, but we mostly don't take action on it. We just kind of let it subside. I think a lot of the stories that I, I, I see in the book, I feel in the book, are moments of passion, moments of rage. You know, in an instant, your life can change. And I think anyone is potentially capable of that. And I have to share a story. When I was in fourth grade, I basically uh, sort of lost my cool with a bully and slammed his head into a concrete wall at fourth grade. And his little eyeballs rolled up into his head and he turned white. And I realized in fourth grade that I was capable of potentially killing someone. And I never then, and, and that was enough of a shock to me that I realized I better keep my emotions in gear because I had a potential for violence just from that one event. Dr. Karen Gedney is our guest. She's the author of 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. And joining us too, Jamie Clun from the Reno Blues Society. We have more on our radio show after this. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. More and more people are talking about getting their homes ready 
to put onto the sales is market. You know, well, one of the best things you can do to your home to up the price, the value, the look, the indoor curb appeal, if you'd like, it's to call CJ's Recommended Carpet Care. They're residential and commercial tile, grout, carpet upholstery cleaning specialists. One of their big specialty items, get this, pet stain specialists. Yeah, Jack has a lot of dogs himself, big dogs. He knows what a dog can do to a carpet. If it's not trained, if it's trained, it doesn't matter. Every now and then accidents happen. You got people coming over for the big holiday, you better call CJ's Recommended Carpet Care. They're the pet stain specialists. Find out all about their services at cjscarpetcare.com ask for Jack Whiteley. He's also known as Extraction Jackson. Tell him Peter sent you. With us in the studio today, we're talking about the Reno Blues Society 25th anniversary dance party coming up on August the 4th. It's coming up right around the corner. It's going to be a blast. Wow, they're going to have a music performer named Roy Rogers. He's going to be performing with the Delta Rhythm Kings. And Jamie Clund, president of the Reno Blues Society, is with us today to talk about the world of blues in northern Nevada. Jamie, how long have you been associated with the Reno Blues Society? Well, the, the, this, this is our 25th anniversary, but I've been a member for, oh gosh, I suppose 12 years. And mm-hmm. really, I've been president the last three and then on the board for mm-hmm. oh, a couple of years before that. Yeah. And I volunteered a little bit before that as well. But so really, I guess the last five years, I've been real heavily involved with mm-hmm. it. And uh, I guess it's kind of, just kind of, kind of part of my community involvement. And since we're a 501c3, you know, my way of, kind of uh, one way anyway, that I can give back to the community. So Yeah, I know that we are still in the process of looking for sponsors for the 25th anniversary Reno Blues Society Dance Party. And I know you have some great opportunities to let <laughs> some of the advertisers, some of the people that want to show their support, for the organization and for the event, get involved, Jamie. If somebody wants to reach out to you, talk about those things. What's the best way? Well, they, you know, they could. I guess they could uh, call me. Maybe to be, and of course, you know, Peter. You know, Sage Advertising Marketing. You folks are so kind enough to be coordinating those efforts. So you, certainly, you could call Sage, but uh, you call me eight four eight two five nine zero, and I can give you all the details and put you in touch with Peter and Sage Advertising and Marketing. Very good. And you can find out more about the Blues Society at RenoBlues.org. We love that, Jamie Clund. Also with us, Dr. Karen Gedney author of 30 Years Behind Bars. Uh, Dr. G, we were talking about all the things that are going on, uh, you know, and what gets people into the world of the prison world. In your case, you went there because it was a a work assignment, essentially, and it lasted 30 years. Uh, Looking back, do you think those 30 years went by fast, or did they just seem like it was 30 years, or was it even longer than that? What did it feel like? Looking back, I think time basically collapses, and it seems like it's gone in an instant. Mm -hmm. When I was in there, certain days seemed to go on forever. Mm. So looking back, it was a very, it happened very quickly. Uh, You you mentioned your family off and on uh, in the book, but I would think that would be a challenge in anybody's life if they are working at a prison, um, and then you have a family that you go to at night, or, you know, and other family members that you communicate. Uh, without being specific, I mean, in general terms, that's got to be a challenge uh, of of the of the workload of the vocation, right? Of the uh, of being the prison doctor. 
I think any time you're in any sort of career that is beyond average, mm-hmm. where you have long hours, more stress, but also a world that most people don't know about, mm-hmm. and you deal with people that society tends to keep behind bars for a variety of reasons, you have the ability when you come home to interact with a family member that may or may not support you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And for me, I was incredibly fortunate that I had a husband who was very supportive, but also who has a background where he had been a platoon leader in Vietnam. So he understood violence, he understood killing, he understood what humans are capable of, Mm. and that they can be trained to kill and brainwashed to kill people they have nothing against, which is his experience in Vietnam. Mm. And my husband is also, I call him a mutt mix, but he's actually half African American and half other mutt qualities, Mm -hmm. European and Scott, and and Ancestry.com says he's Russian and Iranian thrown in there, Mm -hmm. so he's real mutt. But Clifton also is 74, so he grew up in the times of the Jim Crow laws. Mm. And my husband's mother was a Carnegie Hall pianist, so he has a tremendous love of music. Mm. I'm a bit on the deficient music side because I'm a little bit tone deaf (laughs) and I was tortured as a child to play the accordion, (laughs) (laughs) which somehow turned me off to music. Don't get me wrong. I love the accordion. (laughs) It turned turned me off as a child. Yeah. I would think it would be a tough one to say, hey, Because you're six years old and the Honer accordion weighed more than I did that I had to play it. So what would the, and this this is probably a long question, uh, probably a long answer, but so what's the infirmary? like and what kind of issues did you deal with? You know, what kind of medical issues did you deal with then at the prison? <laughs> well, imagine when I started in 1987 mm-hmm. was at the height of the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. All right. And you could imagine in a prison, fear in custody officers, mm-hmm. fear in the inmates. And when I started in 87, they didn't even have a drug yet. AZT, the first drug came out in the fall of that year, and it was not really worthwhile mm. anyway in terms of. So I had men, young men who were dying all the time. Wow. I that, see that's here. That's one piece. Yeah, chapter four, in fact, I see of your book, it says early days of HIV. There's a real interesting sketch there right. uh, by Izzy. But uh, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So um, we're talking about the way music uh, is influenced by the prison world, Uh, whether you're an inmate, whether you're on the outside and you have family on the inside. uh, It's had a lot to do with the development of music because people want to sing about something, right, stories. Uh, And many people and many of us, many musicians, have had struggles in their life. And sometimes that's the best way that they can communicate. I've listened to some professional musicians uh, speak, and they can't speak very well. They can't communicate very well when they talk. But once they start singing, it's like magic. It's so smooth. Did you have instances like that, Dr. G, where you were dealing with some inmates that had a tough time communicating, but through their art, be it music or sketching or woodworking, whatever it is that they were able to express themselves better in those ways? I think the ability to communicate in a different form, whether it's artwork or music, is incredibly powerful 
for people because it allows them to express themselves in a way which gets them, let's say, in less trouble. Yeah, constructive. Yes. Mm. The book is 30 Years Behind Bars, Dr. G. I love the book, and I know it's available for purchase at Amazon. Um, and uh, we had an event recently where you had a chance to meet with some of your fans and do a little bit of book signing. And you have probably got more events coming up this year and are doing some great things. Let people know how they can learn more about you and the book, 30 Years Behind Bars. It's also, Peter, going to be, it is available at Sundance in Reno as well. Sundance Books, very good. Okay, and your website, discoverdrg.com, is another great place to get information about yourself, about the book. Dr. G, I hope you have a chance to come back and visit us again before the big event that's coming up, the Reno Blues Society 25th Anniversary Dance Party, August 4th at the Ramada Inn. I'm hoping to see you there. And I hope I can bring my husband because we love to dance. Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to see that. Love to It'll see be that. great. Jamie Clun from the Reno Blues Society has been with us too. Jamie, been fun talking about the world of blues and blues music and, and what you enjoy to do and what you love to do. Work with musicians and work with young people that need help getting music lessons or musical instruments to play. It's all because of the great work you do at the Reno Blues Society. Final thoughts from you? Uh, just you know, you can check us out renoblues.org. Uh, we love to we'd love to have you at our dance uh, August fourth for our twenty fifth anniversary. Very good. We'll all be there. Tell your friends and family too, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the air again next week, same time, same station. So tune in, and we'll talk more about Northern Nevada activities and Northern Nevada real estate for investors and new homeowners. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com.